When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Lizelle Wellbeing Show. And in this week's episode, I am joined by Emily Johnson, also known to many of us as the arthritis foodie. And lots of us, I think, assume arthritis is something that only affects us as we age. But Emily was just 20 years old when she first experienced her symptoms of arthritis and a weakened immune system. And feeling a lack of community for this very reason, Emily started an Instagram account under the same alias, that is the Arthritis Foodie. And she's used it to document her journey. And she discovered a lot of natural remedies and helpful tips along the way. And eventually she found a host of people with the same experiences as her and the community has now grown beyond Instagram into a supportive community of people suffering from autoimmune disorders of all kinds and we're speaking today following the publication of her new book it's called Beat Arthritis Naturally which is a guide to boosting health and managing your symptoms packed with lifestyle tips and recipes and all kinds of good things and she's worked with rheumatologists and immunologists and doctors and more to bring us all the best of what she's learnt and I can't wait for you to hear this fascinating chat. So much that we talked about and I think not just in the area of arthritis but also autoimmune diseases and chronic pain. Lots of helpful information both for those with it and also for those living alongside others who are sharing that experience. Well, as always, please do share your experience after listening to the show. If you'd like to join me on Instagram to share your thoughts in the comments there, I would love to hear your feedback. So without further ado, let's hear it from Emily. So Emily, welcome to my podcast. You are very welcome here. And I've been really looking forward to chatting to you because I think we're so familiar with the term arthritis and yet, you know, unpacking it and exploring it is so fascinating. Where did your journey with arthritis really start? So really for me, it started when I was 20 years old, when I first got my symptoms um, and I was extremely poorly. I had food poisoning um, which then led to inflammation and autoimmune disease-based arthritis, whereby my body started attacking my good cells and I had a lot of fluid in my joints. Um, and it, yeah, it was it was classed as initially as being an infection-based inflammatory arthritis. They said it would last just a year. 
but actually it progressed and I've been living with it now for the last eight years. Oh my goodness. And is this a relatively common thing? I've not actually heard of arthritis being triggered by food poisoning. Yeah, I like to think of it as it's a bit more it's a bit a bit more complex than that but the way I talk about it in my book and is that um your genetic your genetics hold the bullets and your environment pulls the trigger so I was always genetically susceptible to having arthritis and it was something in my environment that that triggered that episode and also it wasn't necessarily just the food poisoning I was also quite run down my immune system was probably not in a very good place anyway I was not eating that well I'd not slept a lot I'd worked six weeks as a a tutor in Italy and was traveling a lot and all that kind of stuff so I, I was already kind of not in a good way with it and then yeah layered on this this food poisoning that lasted two weeks and um and then slowly progressively the symptoms went from there so it was a perfect storm really I mean I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with that with my eldest daughter Lily who has a also a chronic autoimmune issue and although it's migraine related, we've sort of traced a lot of the origins of that back to catching Jardia in India and having oh, sort of gosh. real gut issues. And this whole gut brain axis is so, um, it's just so fascinating, isn't it? That so many of our responses and our neurological and our immune system responses are, are actually triggered by what's happening in the gut. Absolutely. I mean, well, 70 70 to 8% of our immune system is in our gut. So, you know, for me, I just think it's, it's the key to so, so much. And also in the research for this book, I discovered that we actually have um, as many neurons as a cat's brain has inside our gut that is constantly communicating with our brain all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought that was absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it's called the enteric system. And it, um, yeah. It's the enteric system. Yes, yes, mm. enteric. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, in fact, Lily, actually, just to, to digress at a moment, she's going to see um, a neurological gastroenterologist. So wow, I think, you know, amazing. this whole a professor and then this whole connection between the brain and the gut, I think, is just being so strongly recognized now, which hopefully is going to hold a big part of the key for the future in helping people Absolutely. with chronic pain and, and, and chronic chronic issues and illnesses before we move on to talk about treatment and and your food therapies which are just so fascinating can we just cover off the different types of arthritis because i know when we're talking about it, it's a very broad church isn't it but we have osteoarthritis we have rheumatoid arthritis what what, what are the different groups here and how do we differentiate between them so there's actually over a hundred different types of oh, arthritis. Wow. <laughs> so um, they're, they're, there's so so many. Um, but osteoarthritis, of course, is the most common one, and it's the one that people have heard of the most. Um, and then rheumatoid arthritis is second to that in terms of how many people um, live with it. Um, but rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, all of these kinds of arthritic conditions are autoimmune disease based um, and have a lot of influence on your immune system and are kind of instigated by that um whereas osteoarthritis you can tend to get it if you have had an injury that then you know leads to um you know problems in your joints um but uh, yeah there's there's so so many different types but they're they're all chronic inflammatory conditions um so that so that, that, that that's the common theme. factor is it that they are common pain conditions caused by inflammation within the joints are caused by a yes, variety of different yes. reasons isn't exactly is that, that correct yeah Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so what when you were affected, you were obviously very young. 
So how easy was it for you to, to have that recognised as an arthritic condition? Because it is something that we tend to associate with old, with ageing and degenerative disease, isn't it? Yes. Um, to be honest with you, Liz, it, it took a long time actually to get that diagnosis, like almost two years um, to get a full diagnosis. And it was it was a really difficult time because I just I just didn't know what was happening to me. And, and I used to wake up and not be able to move my hands. There was one time when I my thumbs were so stiff, I couldn't bend them. And I, I went to A&E because I, I just thought, what can, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I was at university. Um, and um, yeah, it, it really did take a long time to get that diagnosis because I really don't look like I've got arthritis or anything um, sort of going on at all. Um, and that's the whole point. No, you don't. No, And, and for those listening, obviously you can hop over to YouTube to watch this podcast. But yes, you you, you look the picture of young, gorgeous health oh, and well-being and, and vitality. <laughs> and so, yes, you're, you're, you're not what I would imagine if somebody says, you know, picture somebody with arthritis. It certainly wouldn't be somebody who looks like you. Is it then a, a hidden disability? Is it something that people live with this chronic pain without showing any outward signs? Yes, for some people, definitely. And even now, you know, I don't necessarily have the swollen joints that I used to. But there are moments when I am in a lot of pain, but you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to see it. You know, it's not like a broken arm or a bruise or, you know, similarly with mental health, you just don't see these things. But it doesn't mean that they're not happening. Um, so, yes, definitely. I, I, I do talk about it as being invisible um, and sort of trying to talk about these things and, and um you know, explain what's going on is actually less of a burden than trying to hold it in and saying and trying to pretend that you're okay when yeah. when really you're not. So when you had your original diagnosis, how then were you advised to treat it? So initially, they, so they have a plethora of different medications that they will put you on and try you on. And of course, you have to go step by step and try each different one. Um, and I ended up, um, I'm, I'm still on it now, actually, methotrexate, but I've managed to reduce it through my other lifestyle changes. But I'm on methotrexate, which is um, a sort of disease modifying rheumatic drug. Um, and it's, it's sort of also a chemotherapy drug. It's quite strong. It's immunotherapy. Um, so I was put on that. Um, first the tablets and then the injections that, that once a week and then also Humira which is a biologic drug um, which I take twice a month um, but I've managed to reduce my I was on the highest dose of 25 mg once a week but I'm now on 15 um, and I hope to reduce it again <laughs> eventually um, but it's because I'm just in such a good place now with it and and also if it did start to get you know in a worse I could always get you know go back on it if I needed to um and these drugs are they to manage symptoms and control inflammation or are they basically to control pain what's what's their purpose so they're to manage the inflammation in the body which then in turn you know hopefully will manage your pain as well um and uh, yeah I also had steroid injections as well for the pain in the past um you know and I'm, I'm prescribed cocodamol you know that I'm that I'm told to take four times a day you know which oh, I don't goodness I no I mean, that, um, that that's one way to to ruin your digestive <laughs> tract isn't it? exactly <laughs> exactly yeah so I you know it's there if I need it but I really try not to use that probably use it twice a month if that um you know I really try and do a lot of natural remedies now and um, have noticed a massive difference in in, in doing excellent. that. Excellent. <laughs> well, let, let's let's come on to that because I'm sure people will be, be super interested to hear about your journey and the things that you've found helpful. What did you turn to first to try? So the first thing I looked into was food. 
um <laughs> as as you can tell by this book um yes. so <laughs> that was sort of the main the main thing that I started looking to first um and I started to cut out things that I could, thought might potentially be inflammatory um and then try to sort of change my diet into a more anti-inflammatory based diet very Mediterranean style diet um and that was the first thing I looked looked into and then I sort of looked started to look more holistically at exercise at sleep at mindfulness and and sort of natural pain remedies and and sort of look at the whole picture because I think you know it's 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 not just food it's it's everything else around it um so yeah but food was my first point of call (laughs) so when you were looking at food did you look principally to start with at cutting things out or adding things in cutting out things that I thought might be inflammatory to me such as um dairy I tried cutting out dairy there was there was some people saying that nightshade vegetables I don't know if you've heard of that but tomatoes and Mm. uh, peppers and things like that I've definitely heard of that the deadly nightshade family yes peppers aubergines tomatoes potatoes did, did that have any effect for you uh so I found that like white potatoes hot white potatoes like deep fried potatoes that kind of that they were really not not great I mean anything deep fried I, I know about it the next day <laughs> um, would, would, would that be the seed oils then the inflammatory seed yeah, oils and, rather than the actual food yeah I guess so yeah and it being at a high temperature cooking at high high heat and, and high oil um and also they're they're not it's not a good type of oil either (laughs) so um, yeah um quite processed oils um so it's probably probably that um and yeah I I yeah I I didn't really drink alcohol anyway um because of the medication that I'm on but I also just completely um cut out um anything like really heavily sugary cut that out change my breakfast I now I have like porridge or actually I've had overnight oats this morning <laughs> um mm, great for the butyrate overnight oats yeah, so very good overnight oats, yeah. <laughs> um, and then did you look at things you talk about cutting out sugary foods mm-hmm. did you look at things like keto you know very high fat very low carb or zero carb yeah I looked at those kinds of diets as well and yeah I honestly when I look back I I really did try everything (laughs) I tried absolutely everything um and I just yeah had a food diary sort of kept a track of you know things that might be triggering things that were helping um and I even actually tracked sort of like my toilet habits and sort of like you know (laughs) what that was like and how that was happening especially because I started to learn how much the gut was connected to my immune system I thought okay it's worth tracking that as well um yeah. And what have you learned from that carrying forward? What what foods do you now avoid specifically? So uh, I always say actually that it's quite personal um, in terms of we've all got such unique gut, unique um, genetics and unique sort of environment and everything and everybody's arthritis is different. But for me, um, I find that um, really high processed dairy. So, um, you know, like really like cheesy you know processed um, yeah like oh gosh like all like really high processed flavors yeah (laughs) (laughs) all of those sorts of things yeah that that really that really is quite triggering for me and deep fried foods um yeah they're definitely the two sort of things that I've noticed the most um, yeah yeah (laughs) and then sugars are you okay with sugars or do you have to watch those yeah I I tend I tend not to eat too too much sugary things I I have a little bit of honey in my green tea um and occasionally on my porridge but other than that I try not to have too much sugar no that's something I yeah don't really have much of yeah so those are the things that that you're not having what things do you make a real conscious effort to add in 
as many plants as possible <laughs> into my week. It's lots of fiber, it's lots of phytonutrients and polyphenols um, and micronutrients and minerals and vitamins, all of the good stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I try and get as many plants as I can into my week and herbs and spices as well, um, like turmeric and cinnamon, ginger, um, all of those sorts of things, which have got wonderful anti-inflammatory properties and antioxidants as well. We hear a lot, I think, about turmeric uh, mm. as being anti-inflammatory and people taking it specifically for joint pain. Mm. What do you think of that? Does the research bear it out, do you think? There is a lot of research around turmeric and I definitely think if you can cook with it, absolutely get it into your day. It's, I, I think just think taking a shot and expecting that to do something when you're not eating well is probably is a bit futile. But I think if you're cooking with it, you're using it in your diet you know, absolutely. And also you should always have it with black pepper because that increases the absorption by 2000% in case it's people amazing, don't know that. It? So yeah, you should really be having it with black pepper, whatever you do have it with black pepper. <laughs> yeah. And some fat to help the absorption. Yes. And some fat. Exactly. Yeah. It's Which is why cooking it? with it is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, in Indian cooking, it's very much with, with the fats and the oils, you know, the coconut fat and the ghee and that kind exactly, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then other herbs and spices, have you found other things that are particularly useful um so I like cooking with a lot of like rosemary thyme basil those those plants and herbs are really great as well and um, so I have a lot of recipes with those in <laughs> mm -hmm. um and they yeah they've got anti-inflammatory properties too um but yeah I did I did so much research for this book and got about 13 different healthcare professionals on board as well to sort of sign off the content yeah um, I, I was looking actually <laughs> at the, the people who had contributed and helped yeah. and, and several mm -hmm. favorites actually of, from our Aww. this is our well-being podcast Dr Rupi yeah. uh, Dr Jenna <laughs> Macciocci you know all, all lots of lots of familiar friendly names who who work in this space who are very much of the opinion that you know food is medicine obviously Dr Jenna with her immunology background super Absolutely. important yeah. And, and Dr. Rupi with his doctor's kitchen, you know, believing that fundamentally doctors need to be taught about about food. How receptive were doctors to you when you started talking about diet? Did you know, did they were they encouraging? Were they positive? Did they think, well, actually, you know, it's not going to make any difference? What was what was their view? not they they weren't really that into it to be honest when I started asking questions and wanting more information and you know all they'd ever say was just have a healthy balanced diet but they couldn't really tell me what that helpful, was is it really no and it it it, it was quite frustrating really because I was like I you know I'd got to when I started looking into food I'd got to a point with my arthritis where my medicine wasn't really working anymore I was completely a, a just just felt so flat and fed up and I was like, I just I can't carry on like this and and so you know I did start looking on my own because I thought well if you're not going to be able to give me those answers and help then I'm going to have to start looking elsewhere um you know and, and I'm still on medication obviously you know I'm not saying people should come off it it's it's more what can you what can you do alongside it to make you feel better feel more in control and sort of more have a handle on handle on your pain and handle on your condition um, you know, so yeah, but I, I, yeah, I definitely didn't get that much help from doctors or my rheumatologists in terms of diet. No, absolutely well, it's good not. that you've got, you know, <laughs> access to some of the people that we talked about and some of the other resources. Coming back to the, 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 the point that so much of our immune system and our inflammation and, and the pain receptors, you know, are stemming from the activity of the bacteria in our gut. What steps do you take to actively promote and support healthy gut bacteria for arthritis? So for me, I 
got to make sure that I've got fiber in my diet from day to day. That's really important. So like those, the plant-based diet, I'm talking about Mediterranean diet, healthy fats, um, you know, not too much sugar, lots of fruits and vegetables, your legumes, your beans, um, all of that sort of thing. And I home make everything as well. So, you know, even like you know, salad dressings, you know, I'll do a bit of olive oil, balsamic, uh, you know, apple cider vinegar, a bit of honey, black pepper, you know, all of those sorts of things, trying really hard to sort of do everything from home so you can also see what's in your food and see what you are eating um which is really important um and another thing that i do which um if, if anybody who knows me they'll know that i go on and on about this but matcha matcha green tea is one of my favorite drinks yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Do you think, i mean is that not just because you like it but do you think that there are benefits to be had from matcha tea Definitely. So it's actually got 137 times more antioxidants than one cup of green tea if you have one matcha. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I knew it was powerful and, and I, I've actually done you know, programs on, on matcha and that's because they actually take the whole leaf and grind it up, isn't it, into a powder exactly so that. you're swallowing the whole leaf rather than just sort of infusing the leaf and, and tipping the residue away to drink the liquid. Yeah. You're actually yeah. drinking the whole leaf. So how many cups of matcha would you have a day? So just one, just one just is one. more than enough. Yeah, just mm -hmm. one in the morning. And it gives you, well, they say, you know, it's it's sort of that you get the caffeine, but not in the same way that you would get it from coffee. So with coffee, you have a sort of a spike of the caffeine of the energy and then a drop. But with matcha, you have the caffeine that sort of like gently releases during the day. So it gives you this energy just very, very calmly. And it also releases L-theanine in the brain. So you have this release of energy and also this calmness at the same time. And I just, it's blissful. I honestly notice when I have, when I have it, I haven't had one yet today, but <laughs> I definitely do notice. It's That's a calm amazing. energy. I have heard about L-theanine and just how helpful it is and actually take it sometimes at bedtime just for that calming. And the, one of the reasons that matcha is so useful is that you have a little bit of caffeine, but it's balanced with the with the L-theanine. Do you find it actually has an effect on your pain? Yes, in in this, in some senses, yes, definitely, because it's it's not only the the antioxidants and the inflammatory part of it, but also it's the mindfulness of making the matcha. Um, you know, you, I've got my bowl, my whisk, and it's just a real moment for myself when I'm doing that. Um, and I think my because mindfulness is also so important in keeping your inflammation levels low. And, and you know, stress stress is a huge trigger for me. I know we were talking about food triggers, but stress is a massive trigger for my pain and inflammation. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So how do you then put that into practice in daily life to manage your stress and to keep these triggers down? So for me, um, yoga is, is an extremely good way of managing my, my mindfulness and staying calm um, and also going for walks. I know it sounds so simple, but it's all we've, all we've been allowed to do in the last sort of year, isn't yes. it? But going for a walk and being outside and, you know, really being outside. You know, I, I sometimes I just won't even listen to music, won't have my book and I'll just be in the park <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and finding those moments for yourself because I think in 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 the world now we're, we're, we're always switched on you know we're always accessible and I think having those moments to yourself are really important you know and going to bed and, and reading my book and putting my phone you know elsewhere and I'm not on it you know and I read read a chapter of my book every night and that also is is a good way to wind down and be calm and and kind of manage that stress as well because I think if you're always on you don't have that time. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I do try and go out. I mean, I, I live down in the West Country or I'm up in London where I can walk in a park. And I love going out and getting some air. But then you do see all these people who are just sort of looking down at their phones and their screens as they're walking. But it is this kind of breaking that cycle of addiction, isn't it? Where you can either, I mean, sometimes not take your phone with you. But that is just, that just sounds so traumatic. I think to some people they <laughs> leave the house without their phone, but at least switch it off. So you've yeah. got it, you know, or should you, want, you yeah. want to take a lovely photograph or something? And I was reminded the other day, actually, somebody who just just came out with this expression, which I've heard before, but it's just so true about, you know, about being and, you know, to just be. And, and, and they just said, you know, we are, of course, human beings. We're not human doings. And sometimes we just need to, to just be. What about exercise? You talked earlier about how, you know, exercise regimes can, can help. If you're managing pain, do you have to physically push yourself through a pain threshold then to stay active? Sometimes, yes, sometimes I do. But in my book, I say, you know, you've really got to check in with yourself. If it is too much that day, it probably is too, too much. It feels too much. So, so have a rest and have a look at doing it the next day or a couple of days after um but in my exercise chapter I've actually worked with a physiotherapist um who works with chronic uh, illness patients um she's called actively autoimmune uh, Zoe McKenzie and she's she's absolutely fantastic so she's actually shared some exercises that are really sort of low impact and easy to do for people that are living with chronic diseases and, and inflammatory conditions um you know so I think 
if, if you do want to start small, that's a good place to, to, to go. Um, you know, and I think there's the, there's the danger, isn't there, of going on Instagram or YouTube and seeing all these fitness fanatics oh, doing all yeah, these no, no, ridiculous things. And, yeah. and, you know, and I just think really exercise is about you and what's comfortable for you and what works for you. Um, you know, and there's no point in trying to sort of aim for that because that's not that might not that probably won't work for your body and and you and your level um of, of you know of need yeah no it, it it is you you have to just to pace it I remember talking to a physio who said you know with sometimes with chronic pain it's about saying to to, to patients you know you need to have a two-minute walk and if you can do a two-minute walk and then the next week not even you know the next day but the next week you know we're going to try a three-minute walk and you know really really simple gentle easy achievable goals because i imagine there's nothing worse than kind of setting yourself a goal and then and then failing and then the, the impact of that mentally emotionally how do you maintain your emotional resilience i mean you know you're you know a gorgeous young woman to be living with this chronic pain all the time how do you stay mentally positive that's it that's a tough question <laughs> i think there are days when i don't and I just tell myself that that's okay. Um, I think, you know, yeah, you really just have to try and remember that this isn't, this isn't your enemy. This isn't something that's, that's happened to you. You have to work with it. Um, so for the longest time, I was like, it's me versus my arthritis. It's, you know, it's separate to me. It's something that I don't want to associate myself with. Um, I was so ashamed of it. I only told my mum and my sister that I even had arthritis. I was really, yeah, I was so embarrassed and felt so sort of like, oh, I don't want to be that. I don't want people to know. I just want to carry on, you know, and just sort of completely ignored it. And I think that was so dangerous, really, because, you know, I ended up making my sort of pushing myself to, to the point where I, you know, and I don't do that now, you know, and now I, I'm like, I talk about my arthritis all the time and I've written a book about it, you know, but I think it's, it's actually so important to, that if you are living with arthritis, you should, you should talk to the people that you love about it and you should let people know that you are living with this. And, you know, you'll be surprised at, at how much more understanding people, people are than, you know, than you may realise. Um, yeah, so I think being honest, that's the first thing. Um, and also accepting and understanding your condition has really helped, has really helped me. Um, you know, the more you know about it, the more you can learn to live with it and the better you will feel and the better you'll feel every day. Um, yeah. What information or advice would you give to family and friends for someone, you know, talking to somebody like you or, you know, with a similar condition? Because I think, in my experience, sometimes we, we find it quite awkward and we don't know how to approach it or whether we should say something or if we should say something, what we should say. What for you are the most helpful things to hear? Um, be, just being there for me and believing me, you know, and, and, and knowing that, that I am in pain, even if I don't look like I'm in pain. That's something that's that's so huge for a lot of people, I think, because because it took so long to get that diagnosis and it was and it was so frustrating and I don't look like there's anything wrong with me. The last thing you want is your family and friends to not believe you either or not see it to see it either. So I think just being completely understanding and appreciative of, of what's happening um, and, and yeah, being there for you in, in your moments and, and just knowing that that you you know you may agree to a plan or you may agree to something and then nearer the time you might just not have the energy or you might be in too much pain or you know just ha having that flexibility actually as, as as a friend or as a family member um you know and, and sort of yeah 
just being there for them in that way too. Do you wear one of these lanyards? Because I, I, I've seen, is it the sunflower lanyard on, on green, which is to symbolise hidden disability, to make people aware that although they might look perfectly fine, actually there's something it could be, you know, whether it's a mental issue or a physical issue or a pain issue or, you know, you know whatever it is. Do you, do you think that that's a useful thing to sort of outwardly show that there is something inwardly that's invisible going on? Yeah, I think I think if that's something that you need and that you um, will get value from, then absolutely, definitely use that. I, for me, I use um, a badge on the tube um, that's like, please offer me a seat when I'm when I've got a particularly bad pain day or you know, and I really, really? Just need to sit down. Yeah, I, I use that for the tube. Um, and, and where do you get those from? Just on the TFL website. Um, really? Yeah, and and you can just yeah. Put in, put in and how details. how do people respond to you when they see that? Um, they do initially look at me like, really? Do you need a seat? Um, <laughs> uh, but they do, but they do give me a seat. Um, yeah, and, and and yeah, I haven't known anybody to look at that badge or see that badge and not give me a seat. So people are very kind. Um, that's amazing yeah but it, it just avoids yeah. that awkward conversation you know because there's been so many times when I've been stood on the tube and I've looked at a seat and thought oh god I really want that seat I really just need just that need seat I just need yeah. to sit down but it's so awkward having to approach somebody and say can I have your seat or you know kind of sit down in, before someone else sits down mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah it, or there's it, an older person yeah, perhaps or, you, know, you know who would you expect just, you to stand up yeah it feels quite you know difficult sometimes to have those conversations when you just don't you just don't want to you just want to sit down (laughs) so it just avoids Mm. all of that and they read it and then you sit down um so yeah I definitely advise getting one of those but definitely the lanyards as well I'm sure they 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 help in in terms of when you're out and about but um in terms of getting a seat on public transport specifics yeah yeah yeah. And I guess these days, one of the good things about social media, and we, you know, we must remember that there are some good things to come out of it. You've got a great Instagram, for example, which is, uh, which is really worth following. Uh, are there other organisations and support groups that you found online? Are there various forums that you would recommend people belong to or, or to get further information from? Yes, absolutely. There's so many different things online and Facebook groups and Instagram accounts. And um, there's a charity called Versus Arthritis that I follow. It's Arthritis Foundation in America. America um, and they've got some brilliant resources as well um, I actually made a, a Facebook group as well called Arthritis Foodie Forum um, for anybody that wants to chat as well on there great I'll make sure um, that we have those links at the end of the show <laughs> oh, thank, thank you thank you very much yeah because some, sometimes these Facebook groups can be quite scaremongering um, and can actually be quite quite you know ooh, scary places to be and and, and sort of uh, people sort of voice all the bad things about living with arthritis which isn't helpful because then you can end mm. up in a real internet hole um whereas yeah for, for arthritis foodie form i really have tried to sort of get it to be quite a positive place of sharing information and things that have helped you and you know and, and various bits like that um so yeah <laughs> and what about the future are, are there good signs on the horizon are you plugged in some of the new research some of the new medications perhaps that might be coming out or the new treatment protocols yeah I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that there'd be more there'll be more sort of therapies uh in the future that that aren't as um 
as strong as the ones that I'm on. I'd, I'd love to be able to see that. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, there's there's so much research happening at the moment. I mean, Versus Arthritis are actually, um, they're a research-based charity. Um, and so they are researching at the moment into the gut microbiome and the connection with rheumatoid arthritis. That's a research paper that's happening right now. Um, so I'm going to be very interested to see the results of that. Um, so yeah, there's definitely things happening. And I think, you know, as much as, you know, I've done so much research with this book that there's going to be more coming out over the next sort of like year, five years, 10 years. Um, yeah, I think there's just the connection is going to become even more stronger. Yeah, well, we look forward to the update. Emily, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing so much positivity. And I'll make sure that we do put all the resources online so that people can find them and find you Beautiful. easily. Oh, thank you, you so the very much. Best of luck with everything <laughs> that you're doing. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Well, that is it for today's episode. Huge thanks to Emily. And as always, you will find the links and the resources that we talked about today over on lizalwellbeing.com. And there you can sign up for the free weekly newsletter, which is jam-packed with plenty of healthy recipes and tips for living well. Huge thanks to all of you who have left us such lovely reviews, especially on iTunes, or click those little five-star rating buttons at the end of the show. It really does help others to find us and spread the word so thank you and until the next time we chat go well bye-bye Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Liz Earle, with production by Amaryllis Earle and Harry Trevithick at Heart Dialogue, with thanks to my producer, Ellie Smith, assistant researcher, Martha Comerford, and guest booker, Millie de la Marinière. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.